after a dark winter, a hot, lonely summer, we're back. A hiatus that many thought killed us. A break that many thought led to our demise. They said there's no way they come back after the turmoil and the angst of 2021. There's no way that they rise from the ashes like a phoenix in 2022. It's not possible, they said. But Michael said, hey, screw that. I'm not giving in that easy. And then John said, hell yeah, Michael, I'm on board. And then I said, I don't really want to do this right now. But then I got a little bit bored and I was like, all right, let's do it. So we're back, John. We're back, Michael. And uh, yeah, we're a week late, but who cares? There was nothing going on in week one. Who wanted to watch Oklahoma State Central Michigan? Who wanted to watch Oklahoma smash UTEP? Who cares? Now it's time for the real football, John. It's time for the real football, Michael. And with that, welcome back. <laughs> Tim, that was a great intro. It is great to be back with you both. Uh, a lot has changed uh, since we got together last. Um, Michael is still, in fact, a, a doctor. Tim has been promoted to senior uh, Pepsi truck driver. And Tim, you also uh, have a new addition to your family. Yeah, so do you. What okay. about it? Yeah, we both have kids now. Uh, has not changed our maturity levels whatsoever. Uh, but Michael, it's good to be back with you. You are the anchor to our ship, um, the captain to our crew, uh, the ever-present leader, our guide. Michael, it's good to be with you. John and Tim, uh, always great to be with you. Uh, very happy to have you all back, and congratulations to the new fathers. Uh, you know, Tim, I will say uh, I watched Central Michigan and uh, I, I watched the UTEP game. So uh, not the greatest games, but, you know, football's back. We got to be happy about that. Uh, we're going to have a great season, I think. Yeah, Michael, it, it should be interesting. Um, I don't remember the last time where OU and OSU entered a season, both as legitimate title contenders. And I mean, we can argue how much of a title contender they are. I mean, that's why we're here, right? But, I mean, there have been seasons where Oklahoma State was a top 25 team and then they got into the title conversation as the year went on. I just have a hard time remembering when you could say that they are both legit top 10 teams and they are both capable of making it to the college football playoff. I can't wait. Yeah, it's certainly uh, – I think this is one of the highest rankings both of them have had. You know, I think the preseason rankings, uh, Oklahoma – had a slight edge over Oklahoma State, I think 10 and 11 or 10 and 12 or something like that. But you're right. I mean, if things continue the way they should, uh, and Oklahoma State has a target on their back this year, and no one's going to be surprised by them because of the talent and how well they were last year. We're looking at another great, great year for both of us. And and so it's, you know, looking like it's going to be a great Bedlam matchup in Norman. And uh, John, I'm really excited. Speaking of Oklahoma State, John, uh, Oklahoma State played Central Michigan. They won 58 to 44. Spencer Sanders looked really impressive. I think the defense may have left some to be desired. But from watching the game, John, tell me your biggest takeaway. Well, first of all, Michael, I know we're on a time crunch, so I don't want to belabor this point too much before I get into Oklahoma State. But I think that the preseason rankings are an absolute joke. 
Uh, I don't think that the AP writers have any idea what they're doing when they go about ranking. <laughs> I think the fact that OU can lose their head coach, their offensive and defensive coordinator, their starting quarterback, and arguably their best wide receiver and still be ranked in the top 10 is, again, an absolute joke. Uh, but that's okay. You hey, know, hey, like hey, you how, said, did, how did we give you – how do we give you seven months off and you're still angry? <laughs> yeah, here, here's the thing, Tim, too. Uh, we're talking about an Oklahoma State team that came within one yard of winning the Big 12, and they beat OU, and yet they're still ranked behind OU. It's just the disrespect that I can't stand <laughs> that just gets under my skin. But, again, Michael, we're, we're not here to talk about preseason rankings anymore because we're already a week in. So you asked me what stood out to me about Oklahoma State, Central Michigan, um, a lot of things. One, you pointed out the defense being an issue, and I agree. The defense was a huge issue, uh, giving up way too many yards, 546 total yards to a Central Michigan team, which isn't a bad Central Michigan team. But still, Oklahoma State took the opportunity to rotate in a lot of guys, and that's something you will not see as much of going forward. And that's really – I mean, what the, the non-conference schedule is set up to do, it's it's set up to allow you to rotate in guys that you know you're going to have to rely on heavily towards the end of the season. They're going to carry you. So the Trace Wards and the Colin Olivers um, of the world that you probably don't want them playing the full game uh, against Central Michigan. You want to save them for, you know, the beatdown that you're going to put on the Sooners uh, in November. So, you know, that, that obviously is going to scare people away from Oklahoma State. They're going to be like, wow. They lost their defensive coordinator um, to Ohio State, who now looks like arguably one of the best teams in the country. Um, but I think Derek Mason is going to settle in. He's going to get his guys. The defense is going to play well. And if you get that Spencer Sanders week in and week out, I don't think there's a team in the country that can beat Oklahoma State if the defense picks it up. Yeah, John, I, I actually do agree with you that the preseason rankings um, – uh, can we just all agree that if Spencer Sanders uh, played at a premier school or a uh, major, you know, no, 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 I'm saying, I'm saying, based on the stats he put up against Central Michigan and how well he looked at them, if he played at a quote unquote name brand program, would you think that he would not be on people Heisman's people's Heisman ballots? Oh, I totally agree. Uh, and, and I mean, he had a great year last year. He turned the ball over a lot, but, but I mean, yeah, if you throw for 406 yards and four touchdowns, no picks in a game, I mean, that should be, you know, up for offensive player of the week, uh, in the country. Um, but he's getting, you know, very limited publicity. Uh, it is what it is. I mean, it, it's the disrespect that Oklahoma State has to live with week in a week out. It's why we're, we're ranked 12 when we, we should probably be ahead of OU, but you know, neither here nor there. Now, Tim, Spencer Sanders, obviously a fourth year uh, starting, has a lot of experience. In the past, he's been plagued with a little bit of uh, turnover margins or turnover issues. Do you think this year Spencer Sanders, Tim, puts it together, cuts back on those turnovers, which obviously would really change the offensive playbook for Oklahoma State? I mean, I'd hope so. After you spend 15 years in a program, I'd hope you have the offense down pretty well. Um, but in all seriousness, I I mean, I've never said that Spencer Sanders was a bad quarterback. Um, I mean, he's a phenomenal talent, but he has had issues with interceptions at times. But again, this is arguably 
his most talented offense around him. So I don't know. I mean, he should be better than last year. And last year he was very good. Don't get me wrong. And he should be one, if not one a in the top quarterbacks in the big 12 this year. But again, he's always kind of managed to get in his own way. So I don't know what excuse you make for him. If it does happen this year again, because he knows the offense he's been around. He's got a lot of talent on the offensive side of the ball. This is again, a team with very high expectations, despite John not liking the preseason ranking. I mean, I think you kind of throw that out the window. I don't know that there are a lot of people that don't have Oklahoma state in the title conversation right now in the national media. I mean, People respect Oklahoma State. You can say whatever you want about the AP poll, but it means absolutely nothing at this point in the year. I mean, if OSU gets the job done, great. They're going to end up in the college football playoff. But, yeah, I mean, Spence Sand is a, a tremendous talent, like we've talked about. So I would assume he gets better. I think he gets better. Again, he's very good. And right now he's playing for an NFL contract. So he's got all the pressure in the world on his shoulders to personally get to that next level. And again, Michael, you can only make the same mistake so many times. This guy knows the offense like the back of his hand. He's surrounded by fantastic playmakers. He will cut back on the interceptions. We'll see when it matters, though. Come November, when he plays those tough teams, when he meets Baylor, I'm not sure when they meet Baylor, but when they meet Oklahoma, when they make the Big 12 championship, can you deliver in the biggest games? Because we have seen him falter at times in some of those big games. So that's what I'm excited to see early season. Spencer Sanders throwing five touchdowns, whatever, against a weaker opponent doesn't necessarily impress me. I want to watch him in November. Yeah, good point. Now, John, Central Michigan, as you alluded to, nine and three team. They were not a bad team last year. They're well coached. They have Jim McElwain, who obviously has been around major college programs. Um, The defense, obviously losing Jim Knowles was a hit. They lost seven starters from the defensive squad last year. Uh, Derek Mason, though, comes in as the new defensive coordinator. He himself a pretty good coach and with a lot of uh, experience uh, in major conferences. I think the defense is going to improve, John. Tell me one positive thing you saw from the defense, um, the defensive unit against Central Michigan. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe it's not so much a positive, but it's seeing a silver lining, if you will. Uh, And that's been a lot of the the big plays that Central Michigan had were just busted coverage plays. Um, Guys that were, you know, a little unsure of their assignment or screwed up their coverage, um, which allowed for Central Michigan to to exploit and, and have their uh, receivers just be wide open. Um, and so I, I think those things aren't skill related, right? It, it's not a lack of talent. Um, it's a lack of understanding of, of the scheme uh, that, that Derek Mason is trying to implement. And, and that comes with a new coach, right? Like he's bringing in a lot of the same concepts that, that Jim Knowles had, but it's his own take on it. And so there are going to be some growing pains. And then when you're rotating in so many different guys, uh, it's pretty easy to see how, you know, lapses uh, can happen. And so I think maybe a, a, a positive or a takeaway that I have is that I'm not putting too much weight into their performance. Uh, it And now if, if it continues and we're in, you know, week three and four and still seeing the defense give up 500 plus yards, then yeah, I'm going to be very worried. And I, I think Oklahoma state will struggle to, uh, to win nine games if that continues. 
Excellent points there, John. All right, now, uh, Oklahoma State's backup quarterback, very familiar to Mike Gundy, um, some might say. <laughs> Over under on the number of uh, touchdowns uh, number 12 uh, Gunner Gundy has for the Cowboys this year. Tim, what do you think? What's the over-under at? Oh, okay, so I'm going to set the over-under at four. Uh, uh, well, I mean, they are going to manhandle a couple of opponents. Um, I'm going to – can it be total touchdowns or do they have to be passing touchdowns? No, 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 total. Uh, take the over. Got to take the over. John, what, what, do, you, what do you think for uh, freshman Gunner Gundy? No, it'll be the under. Uh, I, I mean, I think – You'll see him play quite a bit, uh, not this week, but next week against Arkansas Pine Bluff. Um, he might get one there, but I, I think I, I struggle to see a scenario in which even if he's in, if Gundy's letting him him go go to go score. So I think he's got one big game that he could maybe put up some stats or throw a touchdown pass, and that's not this week, but next week. All right. Now, speaking of this week, Oklahoma State actually has, you know, Actually, an interesting opponent, uh, Arizona State, led by Herm Edwards. I know that they're not very good. I know that the Pac-12 uh, looks really bad right now, right? I mean, the two best teams in the conference that played for the title game last uh, last year, one of them got absolutely uh, embarrassed, uh, and the other one was, as a favorite, lost a game. Um, and so, uh, to an unranked opponent. But... Arizona State, you know, you got to think that they're, you know, they're they're not a cupcake school per se. You know, they've got D1 athletes. They're a Power Five conference team. Uh, Herm Edwards has been there for a few years, so that at least the players know him and know his system. John, tell me what you think of the game and, and any thoughts or concerns you might have. I, I'm expecting Oklahoma State to win personally. Yeah, I I would be very surprised if if this is a close game. I think. You know, Central Michigan coming in, it was easy, especially when, you know, I think we got up like 45 to 10 uh, by the end of the second quarter. And so it it was easy to sort of just let them back in the game. I don't think that happens. I don't think you see as many subs on defense either. Um, Oklahoma State's favored by 11 and a half in this game. And I'm definitely saying Oklahoma State will cover. um, And I think this is at least a three touchdown game. Um, I think Spencer Sanders looks good. I think the defense tightened things up a bit, um, and everyone leaves feeling good about it, beating a, a bad program, I guess you could say, in Arizona State. But, Michael, you did say something, and I wanted to correct you briefly, uh, that the two best teams in the Pac-12 uh, looked terrible last week. Our boys at USC looked all right. Yes, John, you you are correct. The boys at USC did look all right. I don't know if I'd call them ours. Um, you know, I think <laughs> I think half of Oklahoma is probably rooting for USC this year, and the other half is hoping that they get you know shellacked every game. Uh, but uh, I, I actually agree with you, John. I think o- Oklahoma State will take the over on this game. I think they're going to win this one kind of comfortably. Uh, this is a little bit of a down year. I'll be honest, I was even surprised Arizona. I, I felt really bad about both those schools. I was surprised Arizona even pulled off one against San Diego State. Tim, uh, what do you think about the game uh, coming up for the Cowboys against the Sun Devils? I mean, Arizona State's not a bad program. Um, they were competitive last year in the Pac-12. So, I mean, if you're competitive, I'm not going to call you bad. Um, but if John wants to be upset, be upset at Vegas because this is disrespectful that Oklahoma State's only an 11.5-point favorite at home 
against the middle of the pack Pac-12 team. Michael, the Pac-12 has been on a completely different level than the Big 12 and obviously the Big 10, the SEC. But, I mean, shoot, the Big 12 has been exponentially better than the Pac-12 the last couple of years. And, again, Arizona State's not a fringe top 25 team. They're not even close. They're not going to be at any point in the season. So the fact that Oklahoma State's only an 11.5-point favorite – that seems disrespectful to me. I'm with John. I think Oklahoma State curb stomps Arizona State. I mean, they have the better athletes. They're better on both sides of the football. This is shouldn't be close. I don't think it's going to be close. I think Spencer Sanders is probably going to account for at least five touchdowns in this one. This one could get ugly. So we, we all three have favorable Oklahoma State outcome. You know, Vegas, interestingly, also put the over-under on Oklahoma State's total win, I think, to be an eight and a half. Uh, which I took the over because, golly, yeah. I, I, just, I just think that Vegas has – I think they're a little bit delusional on this, and I agree the, the Pac-12 has been so bad that I, hey. I don't think there's any chance that they're going to compete with a Big 12 uh, title contending team. Speaking of Vegas, um, I hear you bankrupt Vegas while you were there, Michael. Uh, you know, Vegas treated us well. Let's put it that way. And hopefully- You got a room upgrade? I mean, that's uh, that's like some some movie. I know I, stuff right there. You know, I, I was just thinking, uh, man, if only uh, Tim and John were here. And uh, obviously, I'm hopeful at the end of the year, the regular season, that I'm making a little bit more money from Vegas uh, based on over under win totals for our teams. Were you counting cards? Uh, no, 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 just craps. Fire. OK, go on. I uh, sure that you uh, you count for all that on your taxes this year. Uh, don't. <laughs> Thank you, John. Do I, I appreciate you uh, being such a conscientious citizen. You were welcome. Uh, moving on, uh, you know, to the, the other team in the state, the Oklahoma Sooners, uh, obviously new era, uh, completely new team. You know, 40 percent of the roster is new, uh, new offensive coordinator, new defensive coordinator, new head coach. Basically, everyone's new except Bill Biedenboe and DeMarco Murray. Um so they played a overmatched opponent, UTEP, to start the year. They won 45 to 13. Tim, did you get a chance to catch any of the game, or what are some of your initial thoughts for the game um, based on kind of what you what you understand? Yeah, I, I watched a majority of it. I watched even in the third quarter, and then I was put on baby duty, and baby duty carried me out of the room. Ha-ha, duty. But, uh, yeah, Michael, they they looked they looked really good in the first half. Um, especially offensively early on. And it was a team where you knew that they were going to be cohesive coming into the season. Um, obviously with Levy coming over already having a rapport with Dylan Gabriel. And I thought Dylan Gabriel looked pretty good. He made a lot of throws, but again, two years ago at UCF, he also set the world on fire. So it's not like this was an unknown. You knew you had some talent behind center, but I wasn't really concerned about the offense. You knew that they were bringing in a top-tier offensive coordinator. They still had weapons at receiver from a year ago, Michael. I think all the attention, and understandably so, was on the defensive side of the ball. And you're only going to learn so much against a bad opponent in week one, right? I mean, you're only going to have a few takeaways. But I thought schematically they looked better. I thought they played I thought there was a different level of physicality and speed with that defense. And I thought it was evident. I mean, again, I'm not ready to crown him. It's week one. You only gather so much information, but 
just based off that first half. And again, in the second half, it turned into a, sort of a coast fest. There were a lot of backups in towards the end of that game anyway, just because Oklahoma had that one under wraps. But I thought schematically they looked better. Defensively, they're physical. And already you see some of those freshmen that Brent Venables was able, able to flip in the offseason. They made an impact in that second half. I mean, I don't, I'm not sure how many guys are going to end up making an impact long-term throughout the season, but you already saw the impact of Venables' defensive recruiting in that game already. He's got freshmen on the field in game one. So I'm excited about it, but, yeah, schematically they look different. I'm hopeful. I, I think the defense is going to take a step forward from what they were last year. Yeah, yeah, Tim. You know, after watching the game, I kind of – I have to agree with you in some ways. There were, there were issues, and I'll point them out, but um, they at least seem to be tackling better. Um, and they seem to be flying to the ball better. I mean, last year I had really high hopes for this defense. They were awful. I mean, they they couldn't tackle. They couldn't rally to the ball. Um, they couldn't buy a turnover, it seemed. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of those guys were invited to the NFL Combine, so it wasn't a talent issue. It was a uh, coaching issue. Um, and Alex Grinch had a lot of struggles with them and at one point even mentioned that he couldn't motivate the players. Okay, well, that's your job. Um, so – uh, you know, one of the issues, so schematically, Tim, I agree with you. I think they were in better position. I think they were more physical. I saw a lot more pass deflections and jumping up in the air, batting down balls. You know, UTEP, you know, they're not a solid, you know, they're not a world beater, so it's hard to determine what you're going to do. And I don't think Ted Roof really blitzed a whole bunch, and I don't think he really tried to give his hand away knowing that it was an overmatched opponent. One issue I'd like to see a little bit better, they targeted Billy Bowman a lot in the air completed a lot of passes against him. Now he was right there to make the tackle. There was no yak, there was no yards after the catch, but he's going to have to learn how to deflect one of those to reach in and deflect one of those. I know he's only a sophomore. He's very talented, but uh, they, they targeted him often. John, did you get a chance to watch the Oklahoma game and, and tell me some of your thoughts with the game? Um, and obviously, you know, what your thoughts, what, what impressed you or what were things that you were concerned about? I actually did watch the game. Uh, for some reason, a lot of our friends in Tulsa are OU fans, so I get the pleasure of watching OU games as well. Um, I mean, I think Tim's alluded to it a little bit, and then he overhypes OU because that's what he does. Uh, but there's not a whole lot you can take away from this game. I mean, UTEP lost to North Texas <laughs> you know, the week before this, so they already came in as a struggling team and they continued to show that. Now I thought it was interesting. I thought the game was over after the first quarter. It was 21-0. Um but oh you kind of let UTEP stick around uh heading into halftime 28-10. Um I was like, okay, this this could maybe actually be a game. Um I thought that you know, defensively I didn't see a ton of changes or improvements. I mean, I'm I'm probably wasn't watching as closely as you guys were. Um, so to me, that didn't really stand out one way or another. Um, I, I think just be, being OU, uh, they have got better athletes, and so they're going to stand out and look faster and like they're flying to the ball when you're playing basically a JV squad. So, I mean, it's a win. It's It's fine. They'll go play Kent State this week and probably win by the same amount. So 
I didn't take a whole lot away from it, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. And, and, and I don't disagree. I mean, I don't disagree with either of you. It's hard, hard opponent to really match up because the talent differential is pretty large. One thing I did notice, uh, Jeff Levy, and well, I think we'll see this all year. Jeff Levy likes to run the football and be very physical with the run. Um, whereas last time or last year, I think there were times where Lincoln abandoned the run. So, uh, yeah, I was going to say, you know, that was one thing I think that stood out to me was how good Eric Gray looked. Um, I didn't remember him, you know, looking as dominant as he did in this game. And, and maybe that's your point of, uh, let me stick him more to the, to the run first. Um, but I thought he looked tremendous. Yeah. He, he looks totally different than last year. I mean, last year he came in as a top transfer and everyone thought he was going to be really active and he didn't do much. Yeah. Yeah. No, I thought he looked really good. You know, one one thing I will say for Dylan Gabriel, I think he got a little bit excited. He overthrew some guys that I, that were open, and he had some passes and opportunities. Uh, he put a little bit of heat on the ball. Hopefully, the touch comes uh, and improves there. I do agree with John. UTEP had one really good offensive drive uh, that you know they they brought them back into the game. Uh, overall, hard to make a lot of a lot out of it, uh, but and I think. I think we're all probably going to agree on this. OU plays uh, another overmatched opponent this weekend, uh, Kent State. I'll start and say I think OU is going to cover and OU is going to beat the doors off of them. Uh, John, Tim, any thoughts? Uh, Michael, if I was a gambling man, which I'm not, um, OU is like a 33-point favorite. I expect what happened last week to happen again, and I think that – assuming they get up comfortably in the second half, I think they're going to be quick to put in some of the backups and they're just going to kill clock. So if I was gambling on this, I would take Kent state to cover just because 33 is a big number. Um, and I think they're more concerned about health right now and longevity with it being early in the season. And you've got a challenge on the road coming up in Nebraska next week. So if you're betting, uh, I would just avoid it altogether, but if I had to say Kent State probably covers. All right, so so Tim is disagreeing from me and going Kent State. John, what do you think? Yeah, I, I don't have much to add here. I think this is a game you just try and get out of without getting anyone major hurt. So I'm kind of with Tim on this. I think you see a lot of the second string guys. I have a hard time seeing any team uh, cover 33 points. But I do have a question for you guys before we, we wrap up. And I did want to end with each of us giving a, a hot take prediction for the season. But question, who is a better non-conference opponent, Nebraska or Arizona State? Arizona State. Yeah, yeah you know, that I, going into this year, um, when I had prepped some stuff like before even week zero, I thought Nebraska was going to take a step forward. I thought with Casey Thompson coming in – and all the close losses last year and the competitive nature, my God, Nebraska is looking horrible. I mean, they're just waiting till October 1st to fire Scott Frost uh, so they can save themselves $7 million. I totally understand that. They are looking like absolute, like like the program's in complete free fall. Um, so, so neither opponent is great. Um, I guess going on the road, I'll give a little bit of a nod to Nebraska because there's going to be more fans like on a road game there. But man, neither program inspires any confidence right now. I I actually thought Casey Thompson looked pretty good in most of the Northwestern game. Um, 
the onside kick was a head scratcher. And granted, the offense stalled out, but Casey Thompson is still a dude, and uh, and he played well most of that game. So I don't know that they're a program necessarily in free fall. I'm not sure Casey Thompson sticks around after this year, but uh, I still think Arizona State is a better non-conference opponent. But I will stand up for Oklahoma and Casey Thompson in this instance. Fair enough. Okay, so before I know we got to let you go, broadcast him. Uh, thought it would be fun to end with one hot take, if you will, one bold prediction, one Takati bold prediction uh, for the season. I know we're already a week in, so it's cheating a little bit. But regardless, we can start with you, Tim, and we'll go to Michael next. Just any broad statement? Any broad statement, any bold prediction that you have? I'd be happy to. Um, Davis Brin carries Tulsa to a top three finish in the American Conference. Okay. All right. That's shout out for all of our Tulsa listeners there. That's good. We we don't talk much about Tulsa, but I like it. Top three finish for the Hurricane. It's got to be bold. Michael? John, this one, uh, it may be a little bit bold. I'm going to keep mine related to Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. Okay. Uh, um, I actually think that Oklahoma will, even though the, the Baylor and Oklahoma State theoretically should should be favored, I think coming to Norman, um, I think Oklahoma will win those games. But will falter on the road w- twice. Wow. Twice? To who? Uh, so I, I – th- me, Tim, the games that worry me, Tim, uh, I'm a little bit worried about the Red River uh, because I think even though Texas, I know, has not been good and they get overrated every year and they're probably overrated um, now, even though they're not ranked, uh, they're going to have a really solid opponent this week that's going to embarrass them, uh, but oh, yeah. it's probably going to make them better. And so I think that the Red River is a, tra- is a, is a potential loss for the Sooners as much as I hate to admit that. Um, and Kansas State is another one that I, I'm really a little okay. bit hesitant about. That's fair. That's fair. Kansas State is good. All right. Well, there you have it. There's there's Michael's bold prediction. Um, my bold prediction, uh, similar to Michael, except I'm saying that OU finishes at 9-3 and three this year. Don't know if it's that bold or not, but figured it's a, it's a good, good ledge to, to step out onto. Sometimes I wonder if you guys know what the definition of bold is. Okay, you picked the Golden Hurricane to finish third in the American. You want to talk about bold? That's bold. They're fifth. They're picked to finish like tenth. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. Rain cane, baby. Rain cane. Okay. All right. Well, we will see how games play out this weekend. Hopefully, we will be back next week with uh, another episode ahead of OU Nebraska. Um, That beatdown that will, I'm sure, ensue in Oklahoma State, Arkansas Pine Bluff. A lot to look forward to this weekend, though. Some really good games. Hopefully Alabama just completely embarrasses Texas uh, on national television. I think we can all agree with that. Yeah. Um, But that's all I've got. Michael, Tim, anything else? It's always great to be with you all. Um, I would never want to play Revenge Tour Alabama 
um, the year after they lose a national title game, then Texas is going to get totally destroyed. We will. We'll see y'all next week. See you next week. See you, buddy.